Come on. Becky, are you ready? I am ready, George. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is a strong and powerful Becky Morrison. She is a lawyer turned happiness coach, the author of Happiness Recipe. She's an international speaker, mother of two. I'm excited to have you on. Becky, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I think right away when, when people get introduced to me as a lawyer turned happiness coach, they've already got a million questions, like <laughs> primarily, how the heck did that happen, right? Um, and, and the way that it kind of unfolded for me is that I grew up in a world of shoulds, like most of us do, right? I grew up taking on um, all the things I thought I should do to ultimately get me to a place where I could be successful. And so for me, that was the good grades, the good college the you know, well-respected law school, the prestigious legal job at a big law firm as a litigator on partnership track. And I landed there and I had at the time a toddler and a husband who was working in counterterrorism. And so we both had real busy careers. And I found myself one evening late on, let's call it a Tuesday, sitting on the floor of the bathroom with my toddler in the bath and a cordless phone clipped to the back of my pants. And I was simultaneously trying to bathe my toddler and prepare an expert for his upcoming testimony. And I mean, I had papers kind of like spread all over the bathroom floor, notebook on the closed toilet seat cover. I'm taking notes. I'm asking questions. I'm suddling the kid. And I have two thoughts at that point in super quick succession. The first thought is I'm killing it. Like I'm literally a rock star. That's what it means. Who said you can't do it all, right? And then very quickly with almost no beat in between, I thought, this is unsustainable. I'm tired and I'm not even happy. And that started this process of really thinking about what does success mean to me? What does happiness mean to me? What makes me happy? What makes me tick? And what do I actually want versus what I should do rather than waiting for, you know, like, oh, someday I'll make partner and then I'll be able to enjoy my life. I wanted to enjoy my life kind of starting as soon as possible. And so again, sort of started me down this path that led me through a career of twists and turns through uh, law firm administration, legal hybrid sort of technology roles into um, entrepreneurial finance, and finally now into helping other people do the same thing as a happiness. And I also help with leadership. So a happiness and leadership coach. Nice. It's so funny. Uh, what a wonderful visual that that was there. You're, 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 you're doing it all. You've got the actual cordless phone clips to your pants. And I hadn't thought about one of those, which I certainly had for yeah, a really know, right? long time. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's awesome. And when you put together a lawyer turned happiness coach it, to me I don't know too many lawyers that are just loving what they do so it doesn't surprise me that uh, that you actually have made it ha well it sort of surprised me that you actually made it happen I think that there's probably a lot of folks out there who want to make something like, like that happen but that's that's that, that, that's really what you're talking about and that's those are it's not exclusive to attorneys right there are a lot of people out there who have been trapped in that world of should um, yeah but I imagine that there are a lot of people who feel like it is an inescapable trap. 
Well, it's hard. And, and I see it actually with a lot of people who would who might classify themselves as like high achievers, right? Because we get on this sort of treadmill of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And for many of those folks, the payoff in financial terms is not insubstantial, right? And so, yeah, I mean, there's a the phrase golden handcuffs exists for a reason, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so there's this belief that we can't shift how we're living or shift what we're doing to find more happiness. I will say, I want to I want to address two things. I had the great good fortune of working for a big chunk of my career at a law firm that is probably one of the best litigation firms in the United States. And I worked with lawyers who truly enjoyed the practice of law. And that was revolutionary for me, too, because as you point out, there are a lot of people who are lawyers who are not happy, who are not enjoying it. But I got to witness what it looks like when you are a lawyer who is truly passionate about what you're doing. And that was important data and important to be able to observe that because I could compare it and not compare in a bad way, but compare it to my experience of practicing, which was I was a good lawyer, but I was not passionate about it. It did not fuel me the way that it fuels these folks. And so that was really like helpful to see the difference and then drove me to start to look for the things along the way that could fuel me. I also think we have this notion that like we have to escape our unhappiness rather than stopping and taking stock of where we're sitting and really trying to architect as much happiness in our current situation as we can, and then using that as a springboard to architect future happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're one of those people who's sitting in a job situation or career situation, a life situation, and you're thinking like, this is not working, cool. But before you run away from it, really try to land in it. Try to settle into it, get happy in it, find little ways to inject more happiness into your life, figure out how to reconnect with yourself and what makes you tick, before you try to make that next move out. I think that there's a lot of, well, I know that there's a lot of really, really good stuff there. Um, so you, obviously, you believe it's possible to find happiness in most any situation. I do. <laughs> I do. So, Which I know can be hard, hard to hear, right, if the situation isn't feeling real great. But, it, but I believe it is possible. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's I, I would love to just have you expand on that a little bit. So there's a couple of things that I think that we get tripped up on when we think about trying to find happiness, particularly in a hard situation. And the first thing that I think we get tripped up on is the notion that we are somehow limited to only feeling one thing at a time. Hmm. In fact, as humans, I believe that we have sort of a super highway of emotion running through us. And we do a really good job of trying to restrict that down to as few lanes as possible because emotions, we're not taught to process them. We're not taught to really sit with them. We're taught that some are bad and some are good versus them all just kind of being there and being wisdom for us. So the first piece is recognizing that like struggle and happiness can actually coexist. That is a new belief for a lot of people. So that's number one. Number two is then really beginning to tune into what it is that drives your happiness, what it is that makes you tick. A lot of us, like I said, have become disconnected from that after living a life of shoulds. And it's not something that we did wrong, let's be clear. The world is programmed to basically convince us that there is a way to achieve success. And it's because we like to be able to externally measure it and compare it against each other and all of that fun stuff. 
But the reality is that success is highly individualized and happiness is highly individualized. So the next step after you've sort of accepted that happiness and struggle can coexist is to figure out where does your happiness or where could your happiness come from? And so if I can offer just a really quick little exercise that I use with people to do that, I'd love to do that. Please, yeah. So I call this sort of find your essential sources of joy. And it's going to sound simple, but it really can be very powerful. And it goes like this. I could ask you, George, what's something that makes you happy? I like to have free time to be able to think and then write about what I'm thinking. Okay. And so like, you've jumped right into something, actually, that without more inquiry could probably be an essential source of joy. But we could dig a little deeper and I could ask you, what about that thing makes you happy? I like... No wrong answer. Yeah. No, I, I like to have uh, the, the stillness to just really just have this block of time to be just with my thoughts and to allow myself to be creative and to whatever the thoughts that I'm thinking about to just come out on, 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 onto a piece of paper. Yeah. Okay. So there's actually three things in what you just said. And and in the interest of time, I'm not going to keep going, but if I was with a client or if I was truly doing this exercise on my own, what I want to do is do that same thing about three or four more times. Like, what is it about that that makes you happy? What is it about that that makes you happy? And really write it all down. And then go back and look at what you've captured on that piece of paper or in that voice memo, however you want to capture it. And think about what pieces of that could I inject into every day? And there are three things I will pull out of what you just said. Stillness. So on a day that you're struggling, on a day that's hard, if you can find a way to create some stillness for yourself, you're probably going to increase your happiness. Um, creativity was one. Mm-hmm. And I know that you meant that in the context of capturing information, but there are other ways that you could maybe inject creativity if you needed to, right? So when I'm having a hard day, how can I get up and how can I move out of the space that I'm in and create something? Mm-hmm. And then three is the writing piece, right? Like the capturing piece. So again, and, and it doesn't have to be time consuming, right? You can imagine a day where you're like, you get to four or five o'clock and you're like, man, I am, this was not a great day. Mm-hmm. What could you deploy at that moment to lift your spirits, to lift you out of that heavy place a little bit? Well, for you, George, you could take a little stillness. You could go create something or you could write something, which is creating too, right? But like, how, how easy is that? And so if you do this kind of across a menu of things that make you happy, you could come up with literally a list that you can pick and choose when you need to inject a little more happiness into right now. But I think some of us, who haven't done the thought work, who haven't had the conversation with ourselves, don't even know what it is that those things could be. I couldn't agree more. I'm uh, I'm 42 years old and that I was able to just very easily tell you things that I really enjoy. That's just because it's I figured that out relatively re- recently in the, like the last couple of yeah. years that this is stuff that <laughs> I really enjoy. So I think that it is. I, I, I don't think that many of us, far too few of us, have gone through the exercise that you were just describing and to figure out what what does happiness mean? What does success mean? I think that people are just like, well, that's that's that that that's obvious, isn't it? And then like, wait, right. do I even have any idea what that means? Right. And I'll give you another example, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like, I told you before we before we got on this call that I have a 17-year-old daughter, right? And she talks all of, all the time about wanting a Mercedes G-Wagon. Sure. 
<laughs> and so we've, <laughs> we've, we've had lengthy conversations. I mean, she must be sick of me at this point, but we've had lengthy conversations about like, what is it about having a G wagon that would be meaningful to you? Like, I'm not averse to that, but in concept when you can buy it yourself, but why, what is it about that that would bring you, bring you joy? Is it just a status symbol? Is it being able to say you've arrived? Is it that you truly love cars? Like, what is it about that, that that is interesting to you? And I think what happens is because we haven't taken the time to connect with the underlying sources of our happiness, we do these things, and I'm not picking on her, but we do these things like buy the fancy car, buy the big house, you know, buy the expensive whatever as a way of saying, like, look, I've arrived, and so now I should... I should be happy, but that's not how it works. Right. And so really like considering how, how, how you can bring happiness instead of just external indicators of achievement into your life is a big deal to me. Yeah. I think it's the, the, the work that you're doing is certainly it's some of the most important that, 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 that anybody can do. Obviously, a surgeon that can save our kids' lives if there's something wrong with them, that's sure. probably more important. But yes, there's so many cautionary tales and and a, a, a limitless list of people who have earned all the money in the world and all the accolades, but then they realize that, well, this stuff didn't bring me happiness even though that I thought it would. And that's probably simply because I never really took the time to think about what it is that I really want. And is that G-Wagon going to deliver on those things that I really want? Or do I just want it for the reasons that you just laid out? Yeah. And like, I just want to be really careful about how I'm talking about this, too, because I, I want to make clear that I'm not saying that money is bad or that G-Wagons sure. are wrong or no. that pretty things are not cannot be a source of happiness. Mm-hmm. They very much can be. I'm a person who likes fashion. So when I buy a purse that I can wear a hundred different ways and I feel like really completes an outfit, if that purse is $20, that might make me happy. And if that purse is $2,000, that might also make me happy. So it's not a money thing. It's about how it fits into what makes me feel good and what makes me happy, right? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. So I think that that you 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 asked me that 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 question to start that exercise. What what is that initial question that that that, that people can ask themselves? I mean, it's a super simple question. It is what makes me happy. Or if you can't think of that, because some people actually get stuck on that, it, you, you can start with, I am happy when, and fill in the blank. I am happy when. Yep. Do you find that people are, are embarrassed or ashamed? <laughs> I'll be really honest. That is the other important piece of this exercise, is you have to honor whatever comes up in that answer without judgment just write it down like if you were going to do this exercise on your own and you're going to capture your information on a piece of paper in front of you and you say i'm happy when and what comes up is like taking when i'm taking a nap write it down if what comes up is i'm happy when i you know (laughs) i don't know whatever thing that you think might be sort of like less valuable or (laughs) embarrassing i don't care write it down because the key is you're going to take whatever those, you know, first three to five things that you come up with, or as many as you want, frankly. Um, and then you're going to do this exercise that George and I just did. And you're going to dig deeper into those things and figure out what it is that makes you happy about those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's uh, it's, <laughs> it doesn't matter what 
other people might think wow. if 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 they saw what you wrote down and if you can if if you're able to to really get past that and to be as yeah. honest with yourself as possible then i think you ha- you just have to right yeah no i mean i can't tell you how many times when i'm working with clients like ultimately what i end up saying is like just say it mm. whatever it is cuz they can <laughs> see it there and you're holding it back just say it saying it is not going to be as bad as you think it's going to be like just say it because so much of and this is true for this exercise and sort of universally in our lives so much of what is unsaid when we bring it into the light of being said that's when we can figure it out like we give it power by by believing we can't say it you know we give it power by keeping it hidden as opposed to just like saying the thing and and i mean nine times out of ten when it gets said people are like yeah you know what now that I've said it, I can unwind it. I can understand it. I can look at it from different angles as opposed to when it's inside and I'm feeling this shame about it. I can't even process it. Yeah. Is it, is it a value to also think about the opposite? It's just stuff that I hate doing stuff that I, to kind of back into it. You certainly could, right? And, and that is, I mean, when I'm working in a broader broader context with a client, we, we look at both sides of the coin, absolutely, right? Like, the way I think about it is, what do I want more of my life, in, more of in my life, and yeah. what do I want less of in my life? And so it is important to understand, like, the things that are um, draining to you, the things that are do not feel expansive to you, sort of where are your edges and limits? And um, let's, t- let's, you know, have an honest conversation about those too. And you make a good point that if you're struggling to come up with a list of what makes you happy, you can use a list of what is currently making you unhappy and think about as you dig into the deeper layers of that, what would the opposite be? Or what would a believable, achievable opposite be? Right. Yeah. I love it. Well, Becky, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> I mean, hasn't this whole thing been a different? Yes, it, it has. <laughs> <laughs> one more. <laughs> one more. I mean, so the last one, and it's going to be a short one, and it relates to this. So we live in a world where we do a lot of what ifing, and I, sort of by profession and by nature, I'm a professional what ifer. And when I was a kid, I used to kind of spiral into like, what if it all get, you know goes wrong? What if this happens? What if that happens? And my mom, who is very wise and very wonderful, used to tell me, Becky, stop borrowing trouble. And so my, my difference making tip is when you get into that space where you're what ifing, because 99% of us do it, I'm going to invite you to stop borrowing trouble and start borrowing joy. If you can't stop yourself from asking the what if questions, that's fine. But make sure that you're also asking, what if it works out better than I expect? What if it all turns out exactly like I want? Bring that to the conversation. Bring that to the energy. Bring that to the feeling as well. It's okay to plan for contingencies, but don't forget to plan for the contingency of happiness. I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. That mom of yours, she was a smart, or she still is a smart person. (laughs) She is very smart, yeah. Stop borrowing trouble. I, I love that. Awesome. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? So I'm going to direct you to my website, which is Untangle 
happiness.com. And that is a one-stop shop. You can find my more information about my book there. You can find more information about my podcast there. You can find more information about how to find me and connect with me and interact with me on social media there. And of course, all the services and products that I offer. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Becky your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Becky's website. Is it Untangle Happiness or Untangled Happiness? Untanglehappiness.com. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Becky. Thank you, George. I appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.